Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we're sitting down with Matthew Atticus Berger. He's a jazz guitar player, film composer, and music producer from Allentown, Pennsylvania. He's a Berklee College of Music alum who's also a recreational bowling enthusiast. Uh, He's currently residing in Los Angeles where he does the majority of his work. Let's get into the interview. Hey, everyone. Uh, You just heard a little bit about Matthew Atticus Berger. Matt, do you go by Matthew or Matt? I go by Berger, actually. You go? Oh, you do go by Berger. Yeah. Most people call you Berger. Most of my friends call me Berger. Oh man, I wish someone like made your middle name Ham, but oh, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> there's still <laughs> but, time. There's still time. So you heard a little bit uh, about him, but uh, now he's on the show. So thanks for coming, Burger. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, so for uh, our listeners at home, our connection is actually pretty funny. It's almost like a uh, two steps of separation from Kevin Bacon, but instead of Kevin Bacon, it's uh, Ryan Allen, our our mutual friend. So how do you know Ryan? I was uh, I played baseball when I was a kid with Ryan, and then he was playing the bass, and I was playing the guitar, and then we said we might as well play those two things in the same room, <laughs> and uh, just uh, just started uh, our musical journey kind of at the same time. So we were in a band for all through high school, and then you know he went on to college, did a different thing with his life, and I went to music school actually in uh, Boston. Yeah, so uh, I think I listened to that that band's recording. There was a. a I, are you guys sitting on a bridge? Are you guys sitting on a mountain? Uh, I... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's uh, Glen Oka in uh, where is that? That's uh, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. 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 I haven't so... heard that. I haven't heard that for probably twenty years. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard it for like a couple years But yeah, I listened to that one He was like, yeah, this is an album I did while I was in high school If I got to record something while I was in high school I'd be like, this was me when I was 17 uh, All the time yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, that's really cool mm. Yeah, I think I was so, f- uh, 15 at the most <laughs> I mean, yeah. that that really is an opener to, to, to people It's like, hey, you want to listen to my album? Yeah, did I tell you I released an album last year? Yeah, you know, we only got one album out right now. At the age of 15, I would not go four sentences without saying album. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, times were different. <laughs> um, so you said you uh, went to music school in Boston. What do you do now? Like, So what do you do? Where are you based? Like, who are you for our people at home? Well, I'm a, a film composer. I live in Los Angeles. The uh, I live right on the border of Venice and Santa Monica. Ah, so cool. I don't, you know, I don't get to say I'm in Santa Monica because the it's the the hoity-toity spot. But I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> Two blocks. But, I've never uh, been to the West Coast, so I have no idea. Like I know those places by name. I I couldn't even tell you that they were next to each other. It's much less glorious than it always sounded when I was a kid. But, <laughs> no, you know, just like it's, it's a place. place. <laughs> it's, a, right, it's a place. So how do you? Uh, traffic. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Have you ever seen the sketch on SNL called The Californians? No. <laughs> oh, man. It's a, I could probably tell you what it's about. <laughs> it's just the, eventually, regardless, it's like a soap opera, but eventually they just start doing traffic directions in California. It's like, no, man, oh, you yeah. want to take the 504 to the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's everything's uh, Yeah. Oh, couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how'd you get a, a start in what you do? Like you went from playing in a band at 15 years old to school in Boston to film composing. That seems like lots of different jumps. So how'd that transition like kind of go? Well, it started by being a guitar player who mm -hmm. uh, was only introduced to the kind of guitar players that were, you know, the famous guys at the time, like, you know, Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan and like doing that whole thing. And those, those were the guitar players that everybody was saying, these are the best guitar players who ever lived. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I, I was, um, very into that kind of music. So I, I was always listening to the records and transcribing, you know, what they would play. And I just like learned to play like that. And then I went, Oh, I can play like the best guitar players in the world. So I must be the best guitar player in the world. <laughs> And then I went and there was a, a guitar teacher from the area in, in Pennsylvania who um, um, everybody was telling me to go see. Um, and I went and saw him play solo guitar at like, a, at like a little restaurant. And he was playing on the guitar things that I didn't even know you could do. Yeah. And like were allowed to do and like was even a possibility like he played he, he was playing you know standard standards but he was playing solo jazz guitar like like joe pass or lenny burrow or, or all that stuff and he was doing things that like an orchestra would be doing on a frank sinatra arrangement of a song and he's playing all that on a guitar and he yeah like melodies bass line comp chords at the same time and i was it just blew my mind i didn't know you could do that stuff on a guitar and that was in game, you know? So <laughs> like then I go, oh, okay. I just, he just showed me that there's a door and that door has this crazy universe behind it. And now I've seen that. And it, it, it changed my perspective on music because then it was like, okay, all right. I got nothing going on. I went from <laughs> having everything going on to having nothing going on. And then I had to start. All right, well, here we go. Let's jump in. So I started studying with him and then it, you know, it became evident that, Music was one of the better things I thing I was better at. So I, you know, did the music thing. But I always thought I was going to be a jazz guitar player, like and just full on session player, like jams yeah. and and recording and yeah. that stuff. Right. But then I realized nobody would hire me because I can't read. Yeah. Unless I memorized everything, which I've gotten. I've gotten gigs where I memorized everything, and. uh but, you know, it's it's annoying because then you, you put a lot of time into it. It's like then there's guys who don't have to do that. They can just show up and do all these gigs and not have to read anything. Um, so I was like, okay, so I got to write all my own stuff. And I was like, oh, that's hard. I mean, I like writing, but it's like it's 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 a lot of work, as you know. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're doing you're doing big arrangements. So you know how much time it takes. And it's it's a big deal. But you can also conduct, too. So. Right, so That's when I do those big arrangements, I don't, I don't have to. Oh, you don't have. Oh, because you do all your stuff like in in like the the MIDI verse for the most part, right? Well, yeah, but then then I will record. I will record live players. Okay, um, but 
at least I don't have to write it down on paper. <laughs> <laughs> I can, you know, I, I, I do all it all out. But um, once, once I did the whole, you know, jazz guitar thing in Berkeley, then I was teaching lessons and, and playing. And then I was like, oh, man, this is a lot of like, I don't know, it didn't feel right. I like, I, I enjoy playing, but not as much as I need to, to sustain it an entire lifetime's worth. Yeah. So I had a friend that I was in a band with in college and he was like, Hey, I'm moving out to LA to be a film composer. And actually he stopped and stayed at my parents' house on his way out there. Cause you know, from Boston to Allentown, then they, they went cross country and then he gets out out to LA. And then a couple months later, he's like, Hey, I'm working with that guy who does music for Dexter. I'm writing music for Dexter. I'm playing all the violins <laughs> on that show. I'm just, and I was like, I can do that. So <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm getting in a car and moving out to LA. And then I just did that. That's kind of wild. With, I mean, like with no plan, with no plan. And it seems to be working <laughs> out. I mean, like you have, you have some credits to your name, which is great. Like, that, I mean, it's crazy that it was like kind of not willy nilly, but kind of willy nilly. You know what I mean? Like, where well, you're like, let's see if it there's, works. I've, I've lucked myself into a couple things that were, um, that I heard later from other people that are like success advices. And one of them is put yourself in a place like, like, uh, what is it? It's luck isn't necessarily real or not real. But if you put yourself in the position to get luck and be lucky, you will get lucky. Oh, I or like you're that. More yeah. likely to get lucky. So I'm yeah. not going to get lucky, you know, playing, you know, a couple gigs in, in where I'm from and teaching guitar. I'm going to get lucky by moving to L.A. and asking around who needs somebody to work for them. And then now I'm now I'm in a scene with people that can go, Oh, I need a guy that can do this. Hey, you're the, you can do that. Um, you do this thing. And then, I, you know, then you start getting opportunities. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't know that was what I was doing, but I kind of knew that I had to do something in order to, to get a thing started. And it, it, it felt like the right thing to do. Well, I mean, it seems like it was the right thing to do. I mean, who knows? But like, I do like the, it's kind of like along the lines of you make your own luck and it's not necessarily like right. you, you, you make it, but like you put yourself in the position that it can happen. Um, so like if someone's like, no man, there's nothing happening and you're not making a thing happen, then nothing's going to continue to happen. But if you like right. put yourself out there, uh, whether it's ge- uh, geographically or like conversation wise, that's where it all happens, man. So that's really cool. So how long have you been out in that area? Uh, it's been 13 years. So it's like 13 and a half years now. Oh man. That, uh, since I, I drove out through a, a blizzard in Texas. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Wait, wait. So you, did you go South first and then North? Yeah. Or, I don't... The idea, no, the idea was that there would be no, if we took 40 the whole way, there would be no like bad weather. Cause it was February. And then, right. uh, of course, get to like the panhandle of Texas and then it's like the worst blizzard they've had in the past 50 years. And they had to shut down the highway. There were trucks that had like driven off the road and like FedEx boxes were all over the place. You know, the next day, once we started driving again, Oh uh, man. 
Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was, but you know, I had new Pennsylvania tires, so I was, I was ready for anything. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Pennsylvania driver in you was like, oh, yeah. I can do this. This is this is nothing. Not even any snow on the ground. Oh, no, sometimes I feel like that where I live now. Like, compare, I'm from Pittsburgh, so like I would get uh, down here where they right. cancel snow. They'll cancel snow or cancel school for like three, four inches of snow. I'm like, what? There's no snow on the ground. I'm still going to the store right now. Yeah. What are you talking about? People uh, lose their minds when it rains here. It's like uh, in, it's kind of in LA? It's funny. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess in people's defense, they change their tires once every 10 years. So, oh. by, you know, by the end, they're driving on tires that have no no tread left. And then finally it rains and they can't, you know, the, the tires are spinning. They can't start it. And then they're, they're t- just hydroplaning everywhere. Oh, that's not yeah. funny. I'm so, not laughing at them hydroplaning. I'm laughing at them having yeah. no tread and being like, oh, I'm hydroplaning. Right. So, yeah, dude. People are, people are, uh, people drive very, very unfortunately cautious when it rains because it's, it is, it is extra. Uh, I hope you've changed those new Pennsylvania tires since you got there. Don't be like the, <laughs> oh, the yeah. Costco, Costco membership. All right. Costco membership. Do you get Costco tires, Costco liquor, and Costco <laughs> peanut butter pretzels? I don't know what else Costco has. Yeah. I've never been to Costco. <laughs> we, oh, I've never man. lived near one. I've just oh, Sam's Club, you know, it's similar but not oh, as big. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so in in your like uh, in your film composing, like what is your musical? What does your like creative process look like? For if it's like kind of a typical day of Burger sit down to be like, I have to work on music today. What does that look like? Well, I guess it depends on the show or movie. Um, a lot. Some of the gigs are gigs where it's like. Um, you've been doing it a long time. So you just like know what the scene is going to do and be like, I do uh Chicago I PD. Do music. Yeah. So like I do yeah. that show and they're on season 10. So, <laughs> you know, they're, they're at the, they're at the precinct and they're, they're just talking about that they have a lead. And then, you know, the, the main guy goes, you look at you, you know, you go look into this while you guys go look into that. And then, you know, there's a, a shift to an outdoor scene of them getting out the car, arriving at the place, and then they walk up to the thing, and then there might be a chase. It, like So it's like you've seen every possible iteration of the way things happen every time, so you kind of know what to do. And, you know, I'm writing music from scratch every time, so it's different, it's like, but it's just... It's oh, that's very, interesting. Like, the same thing over and over again. So it's not the same cues each time, but it is kind of the same formula of aesthetic. Yeah. It's just the oh. formula of aesthetic and it's the same, like, you know, you might do similar like harmonic movements. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I always do the perk, the perk first. I just get a perk. I like do the map of the, the way the thing goes. And then from there, I can just jam on it, basically. It's like, oh, so oh perk, the percussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what's the perk? I was like, is this some, so new, all the perks. some new film yeah, composing no. thing? <laughs> that I haven't heard of the perk? But, oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, because then you can just jam on it. I like doing that for most things. Just that once there's the, the, the drums or percussion or whatever it's got to be is out of the way, now you can just now you can just have some fun and add stuff to it. So are you doing mostly sound library stuff for drums or like, uh, no, like electronic I, well, drummers? Yeah. 
It depends. It depends on the on the the show. So like, yeah, you could like a lot of a, a thing now that's very common. Like if you're doing a show, um, I've seen a lot of like cop shows now that will use like hip hop, like electronic drum beats, but then like add other film composery elements on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I did, um, I did a show called Murder in the First, and that had Tay Diggs and half of the, like one of the storylines was they were like going after these drug dealers. I, I don't even remember what it was, but it was, it was like had more urban thing going on. So it was like, I'd use like a, like a trap beat and then add like, you know, detective guitars on top of that. So (laughs) so did you say detective uh, guitars? Yeah. Just like delay (laughs) guitars that are like doing detective stuff. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, I've worked on so many cop shows. <laughs> yeah, that look was real detective-y. This yeah. one was more so that CSI vibe, but this one, that yeah. other one was detective-y. But yeah, I mean the cop shows, they're all doing the very similar thing. But then you do like a a romantic comedy or something, or even those those Christmas movies or Yeah. Um, they they get to like those you write a song. So you have to have a theme for either the, the love interest and then, I mean, at least I do. I do it the old school way where you do a theme for certain people and I write a song. So and you write a song, song with the themes in them? Or oh, sorry, you're, I think you were about to literally explain. <laughs> oh, well, no, I, yeah, I write a song that just like is a melody. Like, um, you know, I just um, come up with a tune and it could be, an eight measure tune or it could be like um a tune with you know like a, a lot of times i'll do like a a b a just kind of like it was as if it were a jazz standard how you yeah. know that song form because then you'll have stuff to to work with but the the melody isn't quite like a it's not that kind of stuff you know it's not that kind of harmonic stuff or melodic stuff i don't sometimes it can i've written some some film score melodies that i'm like oh man i could totally play this I just reharm a couple of these chords that I'm using here, and I would mm-hmm. totally play this with a jazz trio. Oh, just but, so like next next movie you do, you need to do like a whole bop, like EP on those themes. <laughs> well, the the problem with yeah the bop stuff is that the melodies are too like they've got Angular. like a yeah they've got too much of a yeah there's too many chromaticisms and too many like. Honestly, too many notes. Right. I yeah, find no, myself I, every time I always write too many notes or like too much harmonic movement harmonizing the thing. And it's like, oh man, like in this stuff, you always got to like dumb it down. But it, mm-hmm. it ends up working better to picture if you chill out more. <laughs> I mean, like, because it's in, in the film music, I mean, especially in these things, it's kind of like the accoutrement to what is happening, not necessarily the main thing right right i feel like it's like when you hear it the person's got to remember it so it's got to be that melody that just like always comes in like um you just gotta hear that and be like oh that's like i know what to feel now because like i'm giving i've been given permission to feel that because that's what the music is doing it's basically persuading you into to feel something that's kind of cool yeah you're kind you're setting the the mood but it's not like always going to be the same mood yeah but i really like doing romantic comedies because i get to write a song 
Like if I'm doing a thriller, the theme might just be three notes on a piano. But like romantic comedies have tunes. Yeah, no, but romantic comedies, you can write a melody because here's the thing, you're going to have to turn a lot of water. Like, and you can't do it with like a pad. Like in, 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 um, uh, thrillers, you, you can like do like very like, like music that sounds like it's churning, like a, a, a cog or a, or not a, cog, a wheel churning. Yeah. Constantly going like ostinato y kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you can tread a lot of water that way and it works. But like in, our, in, a, in a romantic comedy, if they're having a conversation that you're scoring, you can't just like have a ostinato churning the whole time. It just does <laughs> not work at all. So you have to like play a melody and then what you can do is you can um, play it like within what they're saying and kind of, you know, have it when there's, you know, have phrases start and end with when characters are talking. You can't do it if you don't write a song. So you got to write a song, and then you get to play it. So, man, that's that's an interesting like insight into how people are thinking about those things when they're happening. Because like, I don't know. It's a, as a musician, it's I think I well not even as a musician, as a spectator of of movies, especially, I tend to not think about the music a lot. So I, I know not only this. Yeah, <laughs> you said you can't I not. Yeah, I wish I could not think about it, but I know that it's a good job when I do that thing where I tune out and finally cannot listen to it. Yeah. But yeah, I wish I I wish I could watch a movie and not be thinking about it. But I think that's everybody who works in movies. But you know, that's like you know, I know if you went and saw any any jazz band playing and you were having dinner with uh a beautiful lady, you'd still be listening to what that sax player is playing. Oh yeah, my wife really <laughs> understands now. Like, she's like, "You make this face, and I know you're just not listening to me at all." I'm like, "It's not." Yeah. I mean, like, I, it's not it's your not fault. Your fault. <laughs> like, I just, I just heard something and I got drawn. It's, it's actually the worst yeah. when, like, it's unintentional when people are playing like music behind you or what they think is like music. It's just like background. It's supposed to be background music, and you're just right. like, "Hey, what is this?" Like Olive Garden will just have on <laughs> random jazz radio, and out of nowhere, it's a tune you know, and like it's a solo you oh, know, funny. and you're just like, "Oh, I gotta. Oh, I'm gonna sing this transcription <laughs> in my mind." Wife's telling me about her day. Haven't seen her all day, yeah. and uh, I'm singing this Dexter Gordon transcription to myself. What an idiot! So like, I I do yeah. do that. Yeah. So you're you're right. I just don't do it for movies. Like I, I don't know why either. I feel like I'm aware of the music, and the music definitely does. I would notice it if it was bad music, but definitely right. I'd be like, what or the if hell it were is jazz this? Or something or something. Yeah. Yeah. If it were, yeah, especially. But like with cinema, more cinematic score, I I feel like they're they're they meld together more for me where it's a part of the experience rather than something I'm peeking out of the experience. Like when uh, actors and film directors talk about when they watch a movie and they like notice every transition and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't, I don't, right. I don't do well, that that's, that's the main thing for me that takes it out is that when, is that when um, like spotting, like when, when something comes in at a weird time or when something in the music hits something that it has, there's nothing to hit. And I can tell <laughs> that 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 piece of music was written for something else. And then they just put it there and then the director oh. fell in love with it and then they never replaced it. So like oh, I, no. I feel like I've been 
doing it and seen so many things happen that like when I'm watching a show now and I see it happen, I go, Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that didn't fit exactly right. So what wasn't yeah. like original, especially because if it was original, it was, should ex- fit exactly right. Like with it. Right. Well, I find that sometimes when I write something and move it around and move it somewhere else, I like it even more in the new place. I'm like, Oh man, it was <laughs> It's better when I didn't write it there, but uh, you know, you've still got to not be lazy. And if there's something that it's doing that you probably should change, just change it. No, I'm going (laughs) to, if I ever score something, I'm actually just going to make six cues. I'm going to copy and paste them, fade them in and fade them out. No matter what, it'll be like, I got one more tip for you. Yeah. Uh, Very speed it down and active. Wait, what? That's all of them. Like play, like have, have uh, if for the you know the logic users or pro or whatever yeah uh, it's called very speed just play at half speed and it will be down an octave and half the speed and oh. you now just made yourself you know however much more time of music you just you just doubled not just doubled you because uh, it's twice as long too yeah and man it, it's insta film score. Holy cannoli, oh, yeah. you're out here That's a, saving that, lives. That is a dirty secret, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times guys write 20 minutes of music and then just say, okay, and then have editors edit music. Wow. To, yeah, like, they don't even score it. They just, have a, they just have a guy put it everywhere and then, like, mess with it. Oh, man. That sounds way better than that's teaching. How do <laughs> that's how you do documentaries. That's how you do. Yeah, really. That's how. That's how you do documentaries. <laughs> It'll be like. Yeah, no, really, because documentaries they they change them so much now. They used to just they used to you'd make a movie and then it would be, but now it's a guy like the director is probably the editor now, and the editor is just constantly messing with stuff until the last second, and then even when they they go to mix the movie, like the music and all, you know, they do the sound mix any kind of whatever that is, they're still changing it. Man. Like you, you just have to write a whole bunch of music and then edit it. It's not going to be changing it. Like it's, it's, you can't just score it anymore. It's so annoying. I I don't like doing them anymore because it just, it's a, it's, it's like so hectic, but you know, I guess, you know, if there's money and it's a job, you got to do it. So. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah we're just like i don't want to but they're paying me so yeah. i got that i think that whole description really of the creative process behind like doing things for different types of movies and different types of television shows and like how your process changes throughout that is something i've never really talked to anyone about especially like specifically film composers because i i don't know any so uh or i well i've never like sat down and talked to one so it's like crazy that there's these like little inside things that correlate to what i do or what i know but like also all this stuff that has nothing that i was expecting like kind of very little uh what's it called connective tissue between the two right yeah it, it it almost doesn't seem like there would be but there's a lot but like so, I did, uh, I did a couple jazz movies, like, um, uh, oh, like, like what? Uh, uh, Banker. The Christmas one. Oh, the banker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We just talked about that right before the thing. But but there's actual jazz in that. Like um, like um, like we had a band record at Capitol Records, 
Oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah, it was cool because we were all in the same room. Uh, I think we were in Studio B, but it was like, I don't know, maybe like 50 feet square room each way. Yeah. And uh, and I'm sitting in the middle um, playing the guitar, but the, I'm just like surrounded by people. It was funny. I guess I don't know. That's just like the easiest yeah. place to put me because I, didn't, I was playing an electric guitar, so I didn't need to have any separation. Mm-hmm. But, every you know, they put baffles behind everybody. And I actually, I wrote the jazz stuff, so I didn't need music because it was all simple. It was, it was all, it was a lot of blues kind of songs in, in like a, you know, fifties bebop jazz. Man, style. I would have, it, I would it, have it so a, much fun with that. Oh, it was really fun. But like, you know, you get one of those, you know, I've been here a long time and I've, I've done a, that, I don't know, I've done like two gigs like that since being in L.A., it's just not often you get to do those and those, but those are the ones I've always wait around and I'm excited to do. And those I actually ended up mixing that, that like that also all that music. Oh man, a, that's, that's an Apple TV player. On, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one. That, that was a weird one though, because there was supposed to be a big party, but then there was like weird, there was weird, um, like, uh, one of the relatives of the, the the guy in real life like was suing the guy for oh. harassment or something weird. So they ended up shelving the movie um, for a year. And then I think all that stuff kind of went away and then they kind of quietly released it. And then it did really well from what I, from what I saw, it was like really, really highly rated on Apple. Like one of the, I, I remember one of the that was one of the, that was one yeah, of those early to movies too, movie. right? Yeah, that was a good scene. That was one of the early movies. movies. Yeah, right. because I remember watching it. it being like, yo, this was great. It was still, I mean, like in that first like year of Apple TV Plus, they weren't releasing a ton of movies either. So it's it's still right. one of their early movies. And I remember like watching like, man, this is great. But it's funny that it, <laughs> that <laughs> Ryan didn't go, oh yeah, my friend worked on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, guess, I don't know maybe I, I didn't uh i don't remember talking about it i need to go back and watch the have, movie now yeah yeah if you ever hear a random guitar solos that are shredding really loud for no reason <laughs> that's that's me all right guys it's gonna it's just gonna be a laid black laid back blues yeah it's a, yeah it's about two black <laughs> bankers oh cool what'd you say <laughs> yeah no there's yeah I did get a really funny guitar solo that is like the ends of the track that is just me playing like I don't know just shredding bebop stuff. It yeah, I need to go listen to this like to that album, that soundtrack now. Yeah, but I got to oh. I stuck the landing. So it, it wasn't written out, so we just kind of had to play it, and I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, I, I, that's just cool that you like that. That's an opportunity that you get to do. I mean, like that. That's one of the things that if I could do anything else, it'd be that, you know, like write the music that I write now. And then also in this other vein of music, but like, it's just like a completely different world. It's almost like, so it's almost like Michael Jordan being like, I'm, Oh, am I comparing myself to Michael Jordan? (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I'm like Jordan It's what, but it's like Michael Jordan being like, I also want to play baseball. It's like, you're a great athlete, but like, it's a different sport. You know, yeah. it's like, I guess it's not dissimilar. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, uh, I, th- I think the more things that you can do, the better. Mm-hmm. I, I think being the best at one thing is not necessarily that helpful unless you actually are the best. You're right. But, uh, you know, but then there's room for maybe five guys to, or five to 10 people to be that best thing because it's, yeah. but so that I, one, for me, being no, able to mix. Oh, sorry, what? Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, for you being able to mix. Oh, yeah. For being able to mix a record, for me being able to uh, write a, um, a big orchestral arrangement on something for me to be able to write a, uh, you know, a band chart for me to, to be able to play the guitar the way I do. I mean, I'm not a good piano player, but I'm starting to slowly pick it up. You know, it, like every little thing you can do is going to be, is makes you more valuable. I think so better than just being the best one thing. Yeah. I mean, I, it's uh, that phrase, uh, is like, uh, a, ma- a jack of all trades. Wait, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but better yet than a master of one. But everyone always always says the first part. They're like, a right, jack of all trades is a master part. of none, and you're like, yeah, there is more to that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that's right. how I feel about but like teaching know. and music. Like, I'm glad that I'm able to teach people about music and I have the skill and the credit uh, the accreditation to do that, and also can like perform music. So then it's like, those are kind of the two things that I, that I do. Uh, well, I mean, I say two, but it's like more like 17,000. Well, right. you've, you've also got arranging is a different skill than just being able right. to play right. standards and then being able to conduct is a different thing. Yeah. And, and then, being, even you know, being able to band lead is a completely different thing. Yeah. It's, so a, it's, like, it's a, but every, <laughs> every little thing, like if you, if you like it, I think it is worth exploring and worth figuring out how to get good at it. Cause I'm realizing having lived here as long as I have is that not many people are competent, mm. but if you stay around long enough and show up to the gig, you'll probably do fine. So oh, imagine just bringing competency to that equation and you'll do, you'll do, <laughs> you'll That's do crazy. fine, you know? Yeah. I mean like that, that, that type of, that type of insight is, is kind of funny because I feel like anyone in any field is like, you know, a lot of people are just like, or do the, you just have to show up and do the thing uh, at the end of the yeah. day. That's the, the most important yeah, thing. Be consistent, thing. be consistent, be <laughs> a nice person. Don't be a butthole <laughs> like, and do the thing. Right. That's, right. that's the end of it. Cause you can be the best, you can be the best or the really great at one thing or a couple of things. And like, if you're not consistent, and you're or not a good person while you do it. Eh, you're gonna miss out right. on some stuff. Right. It makes it a lot harder. <laughs> it makes so it like, a lot harder. Man, it's good to be back in Cleveland. For over three decades, the Bob Stop has served as the home of jazz in Cleveland, featuring everyone from up-and-coming local talent to the legends of jazz. I'm Daniel Peck. Join Gay Pollock and me weekly as we bring you an hour of live jazz directly from our stage on Live at the Bob Stop. But people around the country know how great a club this is. New episodes of Live at the Bob Stop are available every Monday at noon on your preferred podcast provider. When you're when you're going through your creative process, whether it's through a show or a t or a, a movie or whatever genre of that show or movie, like what is a challenge that you have with like 
staying creative with this process of, especially with like multiple season shows or like doing a similar type of movie over and over? What's how do you stay creative with all of that? Well, when a show that pay, that is like one that is kind of on autopilot, as I like to call it, is um, the thing that keeps you going on that is it's so easy to do after a while. Mm-hmm. You can you can cover a lot of ground quickly. So it's not like there's some jobs where they're really like you have to record all live instruments just because that's the sound. It, it's not going to work if you don't record a lot of guitars, a lot of percussion, like start banging on stuff. Or, if, you know, like, um, and recording any instrument you've got, you know, pianos, real things, you got to bring a cello player in or maybe some woodwinds or do whatever you got to do. Those take a lot of energy. But usually those are for movies and they're they're like one-off things. So you've kind of like written you like, you know, you write new music for those things. And just the idea of writing new stuff kind of gets you back and interested in it again. And it's a new movie, even though you might've seen it before, but you know, the the things that are the the autopilot ones, you do them so fast and they pay you money. So you just kind of, (laughs) kind of find, you kind of just find ways to enjoy them, but because you can do them fast, but you know, the ones that take a long time, can get can get long on the tooth but if you do it right it's the indulging afterwards of being able to listen to a thing and be like i really like this thing that i did and you're proud of it that's yeah. so worth it yeah i because, I, I, I feel like the indulging yeah the the experience of just listening back to things that you've created especially if they're yeah. taking a very long time if you enjoy it it's it's so great where you're like hey this happened yeah and yeah, you worked a long time on it and it's, you know, there's more than just the playing, like, you know, there's art of like what things you decided to, you know, what instruments you decided to use, the way you mixed it. Like there's just many layers to the art of making yeah. music that, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff to listen to. So, you know, it might be like, Oh, I really love that. But like, Oh, I'm still not happy with the way that one instrument sounds in the mix. Like I need to do something about that. And then, you know, yeah, you'll, it's too upfront. It. It's very it. blah blah blah. Yeah, so you fix it, but at least then you get to. You know, then, then you're kind of just nitpicking, and you're you're kind of indulging yourself. But I mean, still, it's it, it's both the 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 long one off projects versus the repetitive, more like autopilot projects, still together and in, in a cyclical thing, kind of sound like. I mean, like it kind of sounds like where where you play the gigs for them. And then, or at least I hear uh, like session musicians be like, yeah, I play several for them so I can play some for me. Or like I, I do all these gigs that like kind of pay the bills, but like then I have these gigs that that are really the creative workhorses where it takes a lot of brain energy and a lot of time. But right. I'll, yeah. They kind of complement it. You almost, you need them all because they all right. complement each other. You know what I mean? Like you can't just be doing one thing. Like I know yeah, people can't. tour for like yeah. big, big acts like that are doing the, like they'll tour, like the big ones, um, you know the 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 twenty thousand seat arena kind of stuff, and it's like, yeah. um, they, if I were doing that gig, 
I don't know if I'd be able to keep doing it. It's like, like, I guess everybody that's doing it is so happy because it's, it is a good gig. The money's good. You're seeing the world, but like, it's definitely like, you gotta be the right person. Cause you gotta be young and you gotta be able to just like, like, I don't know. I just can't, I can't make the same kind of music for that long and not get completely uninterested. Yeah. I, I, I would need to change it up. So I don't know how those people do that, that are like, the touring guitar player or touring bass player or whatever, the touring musician for a big act. I, yeah. I, I mean, one of I, I juggling projects is like a way to make that not happen. And it seems like when people, especially like more popular musicians, like pop music specifically, but also more popular musicians who like release one album every like three years because they spend those three years that there are two of those three years touring like they're, they're right. not making anything. They're just performing the thing that they they did. Like they can't balance. There there has to be like almost no way to balance creating and touring at the same. Like I can't imagine Taylor Swift right now on her Eras tour is <laughs> writing new music. You know. Yeah, but I I can guarantee you the musicians that are on that tour are going out during the day in crazy new cities all the time. Just yeah. Acting a fool. I mean, yeah, if I were seeing the world like that, I would too. Uh, it's cool. Uh, those types of tours are crazy, especially when they get to go to like one city for a while. They do like multiple days in that city and you see that on the itinerary and you're like, yeah, that's cool. Like, it's great to be able to go bam, bam, to different places, but like to be able to be in a city that you don't live for multiple days and like see it, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, also, you know. I like That's writing that home. you going, I guess. Yeah, yeah not, I don't know. not me. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I, I'm a. I like I like having home base. I'm a home base <laughs> kind of guy. I I the thing I do like about uh, jazz tours is they're like three dates to to us as a tour. We're like we're going to three places. All right, that and then we go. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm cool with that. I, I'm doing like the my longest straight tour uh, two days from now. It starts on Friday and it's uh, six performances in eight days and like in my mind i'm like man that's so long and then i look at like <laughs> taylor swift's eras tour or like just anyone and, like the paramore who's touring right now i'm like oh my gosh that is yeah. so much yeah yeah no end in sight <laughs> no end um when it comes to uh like your outside of music life uh what do you what do you do in your bio that you sent me you said uh, you're uh uh, amateur bowling enthusiast. And then I think I, if I don't imagine wrong, you surf, right? No, I do not. Oh, I thought no, you surfed. There is a, no, there is a famous Matt Berger who is a skateboarder. Oh, so I, I imagine he would surf, but I, I, uh, I am not a surfer. Oh, nor would I go into, the ocean. I did it a couple times, but the ocean. Going in the, I did that a couple times. But oh, you don't like go uh, into the ocean at all? Not anymore. I used oh. to, but it's cold. It, it's actually so the, the Pacific Ocean is cold. Oh, I know that. It's not like it's not like the uh, the Atlantic Ocean where it's like, oh, this is kind of enjoyable. The the one here is is quite cold. Ew! Screw that. Okay, yeah, never mind. I yeah, wouldn't either. Exactly. So you got to wear a wetsuit, and then you're wearing that wetsuit, and then you're ending up peeing in the suit itself, and then I, now I'm in my own piss. And so I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's just a conundrum. 
Like, wait, yeah. I feel like they're telling you to do that. They're like putting you on. They're like, yeah, just pee in the suit. You'll feel better. Ew. Like, no, you're putting me on, aren't you? Yeah, no, I'm not about that life. <laughs> they just want to. They just want to see if I'll do it. That's what it is. That's what they're like. We told him to do it. Watch, 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 watch. Oh, he totally did do it. Right. <laughs> but no, so, I, I just stick with the bowling. It's much safer. Uh, so when you say bowling enthusiast, are you like a, I go bowling every now, do you have your own ball? Do you have your own shoes? I have nine balls in the truck of my car right now. Holy cannoli. I don't think that's, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh my gosh, nine bowling balls. Yeah. Uh, I, there were more along the, along the way, but, uh, a few of them broke, like they'll, they'll crack down the center. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I've you, had more, but how do you break them? Do you just like I, throw them on the pavement? What are you bowling no, in the it's alley? All, it's all heat. Like, oh, they'll, okay. they'll just end up just cracking. Like if, um, like if they're just sitting on the ground, even just from the, being a pressure point of the ground. Like, so if you don't storm properly, they'll break. Mm. But, but yeah, I'm like a, I go around. I mean, I'm not like, there's like, I'll go to a thing with all these kids who are in college that, in college and they'll just absolutely smoke me but <laughs> I'm, I'm like you know in in a normal typical bowling atmosphere league or a tournament but I, i'm at least people look at me and go okay that guy is that guy could that guy could win yeah I mean, you know so <laughs> i mean especially if you go show up with nine balls you have your like your own car yeah. no but everybody in. is They're, they all are <laughs> <laughs> that's great i've only ever seen a person like pull out their their one ball i didn't know people had like nine ball oh my gosh that's just like to me that's like a golf a golf person showing up with like their different clubs <laughs> but yeah. like instead of that it's a caddy carrying all your golf or all your bowling balls <laughs> you have like a bowling ball caddy no no don't well, get a cart really just get a person <laughs> when it's a lot of like i know a lot of people who are 60s and 70s that i know a couple pro bowlers that are still that were pro bowlers that are like still bowling um that are in their 70s now and they show up with a lot of balls on this dolly and i'm thinking oh man that looks painful <laughs> i just don't have like, a... so, so they like is it for like different shots and stuff they know how the handle yeah. like so it'll be a lighter ball for that seven ten split. Well, it's and not then necessarily I... lighter. No, it's it's like you'll show up to a tournament and you don't know, uh, you don't know what oil pattern they put out. So you have to basically be I'm prepared sorry, what? for any kind of thing. So they they put oil on the lanes. Okay. And they change they change the like the pattern or they change the ratio of where they put it and and how they lay it down. Uh, to make it harder so it's like imagine it is golf like imagine you're putting and yeah you know the hole is over there but there's an like when you're golfing you can see that there's like a hill right in front of you yeah so you you go okay i'm gonna imagine that's gonna make my ball go left that direction for a little bit so you kind of read that hill and then decide where to put it on that so in this there's like an invisible hill but you can't see it because it's just oil on on the lane surface. So you can't actually see it. You got to throw Wait, the this ball. This has always been a thing. Yeah. yeah. So when I go so, to the bowling alley each time, it's different. No, no, that's a house shot. So oh. that, they, they, oh. most places put oh. down a very similar thing. 
Oh, it's designed, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it's designed to be easy. Okay, cool, great. Oh, oh no, wait, no, that's the easy one. Oh, keep yeah, going. That's the easy I'm getting one. sad. So, yeah. So the the they make it really hard. So when you're watching them on TV and you're like, oh, he only has like two strikes. He's probably on one of the hardest patterns of all time. And if you tried, even if if a, like a regular person who goes bowling, you know, a couple times a month went and did it, they would they would look so bad on it. Oh, crazy! I've never, I've never known yeah. that. So it it is it is um and yeah you just can't tell because you're watching it on TV and you can't you can't really see what's going on, but yeah it's that's that's the whole reason why you need multiple balls because they'll do different things like you know it, it might be shorter so you need a ball that doesn't hook down the lane as much as one would earlier so it you know there's there's strategy between you know in the whole thing. I wish the listeners could see like my very puzzled slash interested look where I'm just like, I've never, no one has ever talked about bowling to this extent before. I've just like, yeah, I, like I, I just learned the other month, like almost a year ago, how you calculate scores in bowling, like with strikes and spares because uh, the bowling, yeah. there's a venue I play at. That's a bowling alley in Youngstown, Ohio. It's this place called oh, West Side Bowl. I saw Bowl. that video. Yeah. I saw yeah, that it's, video. It's a great. That was exciting for me. I like that. It's a great venue. So if you ever go on tour through the Midwest and you're like, where can I play? There's a place called Westside Bowl in Youngstown, Ohio. They have a great, like, they always have great town people. Um, it's funny because people bowl while you're playing, but I don't know how they get this to happen, but you don't hear it unless they're in the, like, lane that's way close, unless they're packed. You don't hear people bowling. And then, like, unless they're, like, hitting the pins real hard. Uh, but, like, they don't have screens. You have to calculate it yourself. <laughs> So, never knew how it worked until I, I can't believe they have people bowling <laughs> while you're so the only time I've ever heard people bowling is while we're playing ballads oh that's yeah yeah that's funny. I'll be like I would want to oh. put like I would want to put like a layer of foam on the pins just so I could go bowling and like not be loud and then no, no, they don't, they don't care. And then a lot of most of their like people that are playing there are like rock things, so they, you barely hear it. It's just so always really loud. So like, I when I get a big band and we play like a ballad and it's quiet, it's kind of probably the quietest that they have. What are the acoustics like in a bowling alley? Good. I don't. Yeah. So it's not because there's a it's, lot of drop ceiling. So I'd imagine it's actually not bad. No. Yeah. So it's not. It's not bad at all. Um. So they cleared out. The who would have ever thought talking about bowling alley acoustics would go? Oh, sorry. So they <laughs> they cleared out like the rightmost eight lanes, nine lanes. So it's a longer stage, and you're back closer to where the pins are. Um, and it comes up about like uh, a third of the way, and the rest of the third up to the um, the stairs is is seating, right? Um, yeah, uh, they have. Like a whole house set up up front. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never like not been able to hear people. It's one of the better places I, I play with my big band in that area. Yeah, I bet it sounds like surprisingly clear because there's not a lot of reverb in a bowling alley because they use drop ceilings that have that like um, it's fiberglass, which absorbs mid and high frequencies. I bet it actually sounds great in a bowling alley. 
Yeah, and, and there's not like you can listen across. It's not overly reverby or. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, and you can so I don't go in and clap and be like, oh no, <laughs> you know, like playing in a cement room. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know when who got this idea, and it wasn't open when I lived there. I lived in this that uh, city for grad school, uh, and when I moved away is when it opened. And when I was first putting the big band together, I was like, ah, I don't know where to play. Like, where can we play? And we had our first show there, uh, and I was like, it's a bowling alley. And everyone was like, no, trust me, it's it's great. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then I started playing, and I. I I haven't had a, a, a set of gigs where I haven't played there yet other than this set, but I already, I booked it for September. So I know that the, the, every project I've ever done, I've played there. That's amazing. Yeah, man. But they like, keep coming the, back. yeah, they keep it coming back with the bowling and the, and the, uh, and the music, but like, the the whole multiple balls and the invisible oil slick is not something I knew. <laughs> That's not something that happens at Westside Bowl. People are coming there for music and they're coming there to be bad at bowling. It's not no one's you know coming what, there. No, with I, a, I bet I bet they have tournaments there where they'll do that. They they should have like a, a, a like a, a rock tournament where it's like battle of the bands and also a bowling tournament at the same time. I'm not scared of this idea. Yeah, I mean, like, why, why not organize it? Nate Offerdahl, if you're listening to this podcast, I, I just gave you, hey, there you go. He's not. He's probably not. But <laughs> uh, what um, what if, if someone wanted to do what you were doing, like, say there's like an 18 year old um, who's like, you know, I'd like to write music for television or write music for film uh, one day. What is like a piece of advice that you would give them to get their start in uh, this like field? Well, the only thing that I really know of is the thing that I did, which is <laughs> just just move there, wherever there is. So uh, I know they're making movies in, like, Atlanta and, and Austin's a big place. But, I mean, I don't know enough about those places to, like, I think post-production, I think, you know, it still is all L.A. So my thing would be move to L.A make it happen, figure out how, and then figure out how, what you need to do in order to, to, to sustain yourself. The first job I got when I moved out here, I was, um, I worked for the census. The like the census bureau. I, yeah. So like I moved out here and I was like 23 or 20. Oh, Cause it was 2010, there. right? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, okay, I moved out here. I had been teaching lessons and playing gigs, so I maybe had three grand at the time. And, like, you know, now that's such a joke of an amount of money. I guess that was the equivalent of maybe six grand now or whatever. But, you know, okay. not, that, not enough money to, to live for more than a couple months. And uh, I was, like, just looking for jobs. Like, like what am I going to do? And I saw this, like, temporary job work for the census. And I was like, oh, I can do that. So I I did that and you know walked around knocked on people's doors and got them to fill out the <laughs> the census stuff, but like you know it paid. So I had a job and then in the meantime, I was writing emails to film composers of movies that I liked. So anybody who was a composer that I thought was good, I didn't just send you know emails to everyone. Although that probably works too, but. I just, you know, was like, okay, who do I like? Let's start there. 
And yeah. one of those people returned the call and uh, invited me to come over and they, they were looking for an intern and his name was Alex Werman. He did um, Anchorman. Yeah. And Night. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Sorry. And so the uh, Judd Avatar movies composer guy was like, yeah, come on over, man. Yeah. Well, so he's a, he's a, he was one of the, one of the guys, he was a shredder. He was, oh, um, cool. So I, I was lucky enough that he was the one that returned the call. I mean, I did a lot of nonsense for him. Like, you know, I'd build haunted houses for a few years in a row in his backyard for his kids. You know, like I did, you know, I was there for the hand too. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So yeah. I, but I, you know, I worked on newsroom when I was working with him. Oh yeah. The, like, the, I know the show. Yeah. The, the, yeah, exactly. I forget his name. The Demon the Dumber Dumber guy, yeah, he had the the first episode has that famous <laughs> monologue. Yeah, well, I, okay, so the the pilot Thomas Newman did. He's a, but every other um, I, we did season one. Um, cool, but uh, yeah, you know, so like it got me in, and it, it, it like I got to watch how the job was done by somebody who I respected, and somebody you know that was good. So that you know. You just got to put yourself in that position. So I put myself in a position to get lucky. And Man, I, I might need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the it's it's kind of the only way. Like, I remember when I was, uh, I was you know, learning jazz guitar, I, I heard stories of my teacher would go hang out with Tal Farlow. And he said he showed up to his house one day and Tal was digging a ditch in his front yard. And he was, he was like, oh, what are you doing? And he was like, digging a hole. <laughs> and he was like, you know, just an old guy digging a hole. And he was like, get out of there. I'll dig the hole for you. So, right. like, I don't, like, you just like, in this, in music, you, you probably know this too. It's just, it's all relationships. And it's not, it's not like you're building a relationship for the purpose of, you know, um, for the purpose of building your career, you're building a relationship because that person has a similar interest in the thing that you have. Yeah. And you, you just become friends and, you know, you'll end up working together. You know, I, I you know, it's just kind of, it's just kind of how it is. Like if somebody wanted to, if, you know, say I have a whole bunch of jobs and needed help and somebody were like, Hey, you want to go bowling? I'd probably hire them. <laughs> 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 I mean, but it, it really does make sense and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier where it was like put yourself in the position and then put yourself out there and then be a nice human being like you can't it's like it's right. evident when like when someone's kind of like using your relationship where where rather yeah. it's like oh we formed a relationship and then there happens to be an opportunity that's always good and plenty right. but at the same time even if there's never opportunity i got to learn from you i got to meet you i got to tell you how much i admire your work like that's always gratifying for 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 a person like on the giving end to be just like, Hey, I always wanted to tell you how important your work was to me or like how much I really like what you do. So like, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you do more of. And if they're like, Oh, you want to see how that's just icing on the cake of liking what they do. Yeah, man. We're, you know, we're all just here for the hang, you know, <laughs> Yeah, until we're not.
And that's <laughs> like, you all here for the head. <laughs> is there uh, is there any way our listeners can uh, find you online to figure out like what you're working on now or not? That's not necessarily how it works in the uh, movie world, I guess. They find out after the fact, I guess, right? Like you're well, not like. Hmm. I think if um, there's a. IMDb is usually pretty good. I guess if the producer puts your name on the thing, it'll say pre-production or, or you know, post-production or they're filming or whatever they're doing. So See, I'm on your IMDb right now. It only shows me stuff till, till like this past year and then like Chicago PD. So it's only post-production credits right now. Oh no! Wait, composer right. upcoming. Oh yeah, no, never mind. Oh my gosh, you'll tie the knot. Look at that! That what a <laughs> what a title! You'll tie the knot. Dance of the heart is that a yeah. rom com? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. The the director liked um, liked um, likes puns. Oh man! Well, he I bet so he did she, great she with that title. Directs her movies. Though. Oh, she did great with that title, man. <laughs> You'll tie the knot. Yeah, I, I, I I like it. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm a. I also endorse that, that <laughs> message. <laughs> well, uh, Berger, it was really great to finally meet you kind of, yeah. out of after all these years. Cause I've been mean, Ryan, our friend, our mutual friend, Ryan is one of uh, my really good friends down here. We really latched onto each other when I moved down here and it's just like, great. He talks so highly of you and talks about you all the time. So it's like really great to okay. actually speak to you. <laughs> Yeah, was, I had known about you for a long time too. I just, I, I never get out there. So, I, I, yeah, I get out like here. You know, <laughs> leave the West Coast, come to the East Coast for a little bit. Leave, hang out. We'll play oh, some disc golf. So we'll... long. <laughs> Meet so a, have you met Alora yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I was like, yo, you had, oh, yeah, what a cute little moon face baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> for all of our listeners at home, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Burger, thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And then everyone else, uh, stay musical and stay safe. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Musical. Extra Musical is a Hidden Cinema Records production. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.